Chapter 31 Back to the Landers Rita Calvario, Institute of Environmental Science and Technology, Autonomous University of Barcelona, and Iago Otero, Research and Growth and Iris Thesis, Humboldt Universität zu Berlin. Back to the Landers, or Neo Rurals, are people with no agrarian background who migrate from the city to the countryside to adopt a radically new agrarian or artisan lifestyle. Their motivations are linked to the search for a simpler, self-sufficient, autonomous, free from wage labor and market, close to nature and ecological way of life. They do this by following a critique of materialist mainstream culture modern farming practices and the globalization of the agri-food systems. Back to the Landers perceive their choice as a lifestyle project and a way for social transition towards ecological sustainability. This explains why they may be considered actors of a diversified strategy of socio-ecological change towards a degrowth future. Organic small-scale farming, relocalization of production and consumption, alternative economies and networks are some of the qualities associated with the rural by Back to the Landers. These qualities conflict with other representations of rurality, e.g. agribusiness views. Even if radical ruralities often adopt a rural-urban divide for their discursive frame, connections with the city through alternative economies and networks are common. Back to the land is not new in Western history. Since the advent of capitalism, the countryside has played a role of critique to rationalist abstraction, commodification of land and labor, modern state and politics, individual alienation and the dissolution of social bonds. These critiques, which feature strongly in the degrowth discourse, have been expressed in different ways by different actors across time. For instance, the countryside has been a place for the elite's mourning of a lost past and also a place for utopian socialist or libertarian quests for a new social order. Alternately, the countryside has been a place of refuge from the degrading conditions of industrial labor and urban life. States have also been promoters of urban to rural migration, small-scale agrarian capitalism, or an undifferentiated peasantry as a way of shifting the cost of social reproduction through self-provision, reducing relief payments and tackling urban unrest during crisis periods. The 1960s and 1970s are of considerable significance for back-to-the-land ideals, the restructuring of capitalism and rural change. Hippie and May 1968 social movements led to a rise of back-to-the-landers, which paralleled the broader process of counter-urbanization, i.e. the outmigration of 
urbanities to rural areas, attracted mainly by a better quality of life, but without any countercultural motivation. Back to the Land echoed the growing environmental consciousness, the reaction to consumerism, and the discourses on the limits to growth after the energetic crisis of the 1970s. It was inspired by a return to both nature and to an idealized rural society as a way of rejecting commodity fetishism, alienation of wage labor, and the modern values of progress and technological improvement. Several of these back-to-the-land experiences and communes ended due to internal conflicts, disillusionment, debts and poverty, while others thrived and still exist today. The persistence of the back-to-the-land movement can be partially explained by the people's engagement in a countryside increasingly turned into a place of leisure for an increasingly urban population. Rural areas changed as a result of a growing service economy and consumerist lifestyles, identities and culture. Paradoxically, back-to-the-landers may have acted as pioneers of rural gentrification and commodification, facilitating the reproduction of nature and rurality valued for new consumption demands. Integration of the activities of initially radical back-to-the-landers into new markets and access to state funding to recreate a nostalgic rural environment were some of the forms of co-optation. This co-optation signals more broadly the way the critique of the alienation of everyday life of the 1960s was recuperated into a new spirit of capitalism arising from the mid-1970s onwards. Ideas such as autonomy, network, creativity, flexibility individual initiative and liberty were integrated into the dominant neoliberal discourse. The removal of its initial anti-capitalist ethos undermined the power of back-to-the-land social critique. Back-to-the-landers sustained in other ways. The rise of alternative economies and networks worked as modes of contesting the increasingly globalized agri-industrial systems. Some authors argue that alternative economies and networks create spaces outside capitalism, building networks of local counterpowers that resist and subvert capitalism's ideological hegemony. This view allows us to look at back-to-the-landers' experiences and projects as ways of building imaginaries of a degrowth post-capitalist society. Others, however, argue that alternatives that reinforce the notions of consumer sovereignty, state incapacity and self-reliant ordered communities are reproducing neoliberal subjectivities and practices, or that living in a highly competitive capitalist market makes it very difficult for alternative projects to maintain their intended differences. 
Yet another criticism is that by remaining small, local and marginal, such initiatives are not capable of challenging the conventional farming and distribution channels and the root causes of the unequal social access to high-end quality food. Self-provisioning at a micro level may also facilitate the ongoing accumulation of capital at a more macro level. Back to the lenders have the potential to transform the dominant agri-food model and an increasingly commodified countryside which makes them actors of a degrowth transition. The challenge is to transcend being only a residual fraction of the agri-food system and the rural space. For this, and against the risk of being co-opted, political action involving strategic alliances with other actors towards emancipation from capitalist social relations seems crucial. More than the shape of local experiences, it is their direction that counts. Opening small windows of emancipation may be important for feeding imaginaries of degrowth and to empower individuals. But to formulate emancipation in a capitalist global market as a concrete possibility involves a broader and articulated collective struggle for social change in which networks of local experiences can play an important role. Networked action has been important in struggles against land speculation, privatization of resources, rural gentrification and commodification, and agribusiness expansion. This networking has been made possible by empowering localities and their inhabitants with resistant capacity and by amplifying their capacity. Reclaiming the commons is a key point for such land-based social movements. More than defending their own interests, this should be seen as a vision of transcending capitalist relations of private property and of reconnecting inhabitants with their territories. <laughs>